welcome to the Equipped Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Carlton. Thank you for joining me last week, and I hope you had an opportunity to get to know me a little bit better through what I shared last week. One of the questions that I keep getting asked from all you awesome people that are choosing to listen to this podcast is, how do I study my Bible? And I had mentioned a couple episodes ago that that was something I was going to talk about further. So tonight we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper because it's a really good question. I know I used to have a hard time trying to figure out how to study my Bible. It was big and intimidating and I didn't know what to do. So I found a way that I can break it down into smaller pieces that makes it easier for me to start getting into Scripture and delving into Scripture is how I like to say it, I guess. When I start, I just like to grab my Bible and give it a good hug. I want to have an intimate relationship with the words that are written for me in Scripture. And so I will grab my Bible and I will just hug it. And I will just close my eyes and find myself into a quiet place within myself in order to prepare myself to get into the Scriptures. Especially if I've had a long, crazy day. Sometimes I need to just maybe pause, listen to a worship song, or I have a channel on YouTube where I have a bunch of my favorite songs I've saved all into a playlist, and I can just start playing that and just finding a place where I can relax and get ready to dig deep. Before I get started, I always pray for understanding. Sometimes with scripture, it's difficult to understand how it is applicable to my life today. So I pray for understanding and then I have to trust and believe that God will provide that understanding. It's a twofold premise there. I have to ask and then I have to believe that it's going to happen. And it has been incredible to see how some of the scriptures have been opened up to me in a new way that I've never seen before or seen it taught or understand it in a different light. So we've already done a couple of, I guess, underlining exercises throughout this podcast. Once we went through Philippians and we underlined all the words that said joy and rejoice. And then again, we did it with Romans 8 where we underlined spirit or Holy Spirit. And that is a good place to start. It gets our Bibles open. And is that is the, the way a Bible should be, is open, not closed and sitting on a shelf somewhere. I want to teach you a couple of different ways that I study my Bible. If you follow me on Instagram or any social media, you'll see I've been posting pictures of my Bible as I've, I have a new Bible that I got and I've been doing some Bible journaling with it. And that Bible is actually a New Living Translation. So that's the one I use for my day-to-day take-to-church Bible. I also have an ESV study Bible that I use at home. It was just getting to be too heavy, especially after my car accident. I can't carry a purse. I can't carry a big Bible. I even have a hard time wearing necklaces and scarves now because of the problems in my neck and stuff. That my study Bible got way too big for me to lug back and forth to church. So now I have the New Living Translation journaling Bible that I use every day. One of the first ways I found was a really good way for me to discover scripture is I pick one verse. Pick a favorite verse, something that you've heard often. What I do is I pick a verse. So I picked Philippians 4.13. This was 
a really important verse for me at the time. It says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And that verse gave me hope and gave me a turning point. And it is kind of my life go-to verse. When I study, take a verse to study, I read the verse, but then I read around the verse too. So I understand what is going on. So what I like to do is, okay, Philippians 4.13, who wrote it? Paul. And who did he write it to? He wrote it to the Roman colony of Philippi. And he wrote this in approximately 60 AD. Why did Paul write Philippians? He wrote it as a letter of encouragement to the Philippi church. That church was first founded in Europe. And its first convert was Lydia. And if you know anything about Lydia, you'll find her in scripture where it talks about that she was a maker of purple cloth. She was a very well-to-do woman. Purple cloth was really expensive to make because of the dyes that was necessary in order just to make the color purple. So the fact that she was a seller of purple cloth means that she had probably a lot of money. She had a larger house because at the time they would meet in home churches where Paul would teach and it was usually at Lydia's house during this time in Philippians. That gives you a little bit of background as to where Paul is in the history of scripture and what is going on in Philippi at that time. Paul wrote Philippians to remind the church in Philippi not to be complacent, but to press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. And that's verse 314. And throughout Philippians, he's trying to remind them through this letter about spiritual growth and that it's not only available to a select few everyone that practices love and service to others. Philippians 2.13 says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The desires result in action. As I'm reading through all of this, I'm learning about what is happening in Philippi and why Paul had to write this letter and why he chose to encourage him this way. And as I'm reading through this, I can even go all the way back to find out who is this author? Who is Paul? And then I can go and read into Acts of Paul's conversion and his journey into the point that he penned these words in Philippians. Philippians 4, the chapter, is a message of reconciliation and joyful faith and disciplined thinking. Philippians also includes the sacred of living in life's difficulties and trusting God in such a way that you can say that I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that is possible and that is attainable through obedience and service to God and to others. By me taking one verse, Philippians 4.13, I found all of that knowledge. I use my ESV study Bible or you can Google different things. Just make sure you find a reputable website that is teaching solid truth. There is so much when you just take one verse and start pulling it apart to say, who said it? Why did they say it? What was happening at that period in time in scripture that led to this point where Paul had to teach this message? 
So the second way is I think of a topic, something that's been heavy on my heart, something that I feel that I need to learn about. So as I was doing this, I was actually reading through one of my old journals and I read that I wanted to learn about the word weight. That was something that had been on my mind and I decided to do some research on it. It was actually really interesting looking through this and finding how I've, I've done this in the history of how I started studying this. The journal entry was from well over 10 years ago. To find a word, you can look in the back into the concordance of your Bible and you can read, look up the word weight and it can tell you a bunch of verses throughout the Bible that have the word weight in it. Or you can go onto the internet into Bible Gateway and I think there's an app too if you like it that way and just type in the word weight and then all the scriptures that include that word will show up. I did that for the word weight and I also like to look up the definition as well in the dictionary. Because it helps me understand or even look at a thesaurus to see different words. And it gives me a different perspective of the word. So the word weight. This is what I found in my research. The definition is to stay, serve, or attend to, or an attitude of watchfulness. So here are a few verses that I found that include the word weight. Psalms 37, 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. And then we have Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God, Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. And we even have Romans 8:25. If we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. As I was studying the word wait, it turned into a study on patience. As you start studying different words, you'll find different things evolving as you are studying. Whether it's a you're taking one verse and tearing apart that one verse to fully understand and comprehend what is being said and why it's said and why it's included in scripture. But then it's also as you start studying words, one more word will lead to another word and then it will lead you to another book of the Bible that you've maybe never explored before. And then you want to learn deeper and dig deeper into that. It just evolves and keeps growing. As I was studying patience, Romans 12, 12 came up. And it says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. That is a wonderful verse to end with. I want to read that one more time. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. I want to encourage you to remain steadfast on this journey through the scriptures and on your journey through life. Keep walking the walk. Take one step at a time. And may you come to know how perfectly equipped you are.